In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on past life lessons to learn and grow and to take it to the next level and uplift others who are struggling. My special guest has quite a unique and exciting journey in his career of entertainment, spanning more than four decades as a juggler, fire eater, magician, producer, director, radio personality, and a lot more. He spent his life entertaining and inspiring others to achieve creative excellence. He's the host and the creator of the trivia game show, Give Me a Hint. Just when you think his journey couldn't get more extraordinary, he's accomplished in the field of sound healing using Tibetan bowls and leading transformational sound workshops. We're in for a great conversation. We're going to talk about his career, sound healing, as well as his new book, Younger and Wiser. Let's welcome Gene Jones to the show. Hey, Gene, it's great to have you, man. Good to be here. Oh, man. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad you're here. So let's go ahead and just dive into it and get started here. Um, Share with us where you're from. And what started you on the path of entertainment? Has it always been part of your DNA? Well, the interesting thing is that I never saw myself as an entertainer. I kind of stumbled into the whole process of uh, being in the entertainment business through being in radio. Mm -hmm. And I was actually more on the business end of entertainment for quite some time. When as a promoter of an international vaudeville show, I started to learn little tricks that they did so I could use them when I went to big conventions to promote them. And sooner or later, I became good with those tricks. And an agent asked me if I would go on the road by myself. And he started booking me in the college circuit. So somehow, I found myself on the road when I never thought I'd ever be there. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, in retrospect, let's say throughout the role that you've had in entertainment, um, it sounds like you have had enjoyment in doing what you were doing right at the moment that you're you're doing it does does that make sense i mean you have some people and here's an example here's what i mean um say you have aspiring actors or actresses going or moving to hollywood right and while they're you know going for auditions and readings there are also waiting tables and and they're really down in the dumps about waiting tables but you know you got to eat you know until you get that big break. But I've always been of the mindset that you must enjoy what you're doing as you're doing it, because it's really going to set you up for the next level uh, in whatever path or direction you go in your endeavors. And and you've covered a lot in your journey and doing a lot of different things. So uh, have you found yourself, you know, thoroughly enjoying each facet of your career as you uh, as you uh, explored in different areas? Well, Arby, you bring up a good point there. A couple of things. Um, first of all, I always tell people I've been one of the luckiest people in the world because I've loved everything I've done in every aspect of entertainment. And that nice. was what I, I think that setting intentions is very important. And when I was 19 or 20, I realized how much I loved being in radio. And I set an intention that I would live the rest of my life in the world of entertainment. 
Yes. And I didn't care which end of the business I was in. I just wanted to be in the world of entertainment and I would never take a day job. And I stuck to that focus. And because I didn't take the day jobs, I was never distracted. So every piece of my energy was always directed towards some aspect of the entertainment business. Beautiful, beautiful. And you bring up another very, very good point about being intentional and being purposeful, right? Um, yes. Have you in your journey, have you learned or discovered or, or felt that, um, that being intentional from the very beginning and stay in the course, you have been better able to manage those setbacks and those uh, hurdles because they come as part of reality, you know, no matter what our goals are in life, we're going to have those setbacks, but being intentional from the very beginning as to what path you're taking, has that better equipped you for dealing with those setbacks versus just wandering and not having any intention? Well, I'm going to say something that might surprise you here a little bit, mm -hmm. but the name of your show, The Road to Rediscovery, and to me, take out the re and just say discovery. Mm -hmm. Every aspect of the business, everything I did for the last 40 years or more has been part of discovering myself as well as what I could do for the world. And I found things within myself that I surprised myself just by allowing myself to do them. And that's why I wrote uh, something called the nine pillars of, of uh, creativity, which I attached as an as a extra to my book because I wanted to give people some insight into how they can be more creative in their life and also develop those really inherent and organic characteristics that help you persevere. And yes. that was really the key. Cause what I did was I just this year did this nine pillars and it was really a way of reverse engineering my life. I looked back mm -hmm. and I said, well, how did I keep myself together? Cause it was not always easy. The entertainment business bounces you around a lot but right, I never right. got discouraged and I figured out ways that I was always comfortable in whatever I was doing. Even when I was an agent, a producer, a director, an entertainer, became a game show host, worked for the Guinness Book of Records, judging records, all these different things. And they all came in a flow because I was just fully immersed in each thing. And that's the thing I wanted to mention, full immersion. A lot of people dabble or they do something and they say, well, if it works out, then it would be great. I never said that. I said, I got to keep working at this. So it's yeah. a lot of work. And if you put in the work because you love what you do, it's going to pan out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess you have to love you, what you do. You That's what I tell it. people. Yes. I, when I train entertainers now, singers, actors, people that want to get into the business, I say one thing to them. I said, if you can live without this, you don't belong in the business because mm. the people that I know this succeed, it's the only thing they can do. They have to do it. I had to be in the world of entertainment. It yeah. was what I loved and I knew it. And that's, I was very fortunate to have that knowledge because that was really the only thing I knew at the beginning. I really didn't know anything about the business. I just knew I wanted to be there. Gotcha. So uh, let me just ask you, if you don't mind. Um, sure. Uh, the, the way you mention it, to people you work with, you know, yes. if, if you can do without this, then you're not in the right business. Uh, um, would you would you consider those are pretty high stakes? Wouldn't you consider? Yes, but yeah. 
how do, how do people persevere when they audition and they're told, no, thank you. And it happens over and over and over again. That's Even right. look at Sylvester Stallone. He was working in a movie theater as an usher, I believe, or a host of some kind. And he had this script that he wrote and he yeah. took it all over the place. Mm -hmm. And he just would not give up no matter how many times he got rejected. That's a person that knows he's got to get this done. Literally, you'll die if you can't get it done. You yes. have to do it. And yes. that kind of drive gets you through all the disappointments and the ups and downs because you just know this is where I belong. I want to be here. I'll commit to it. It's, it's all those kind of buzzwords we hear, commit and things yes. like that. And when yes. you commit to something wholeheartedly, mm -hmm. then things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that brings it full circle to what you mentioned a few minutes ago, Gene. And, you know, the drive, well, a component of that is intentional, being intentional, right? right? So when you're intentional, it causes you to have that drive and it helps you better manage those times when you have setbacks. Man, that is, uh, that's tremendous. And by the way, I'm a huge Sylvester Stallone fan. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I picked and, the right so, guy. <laughs> yeah, you picked the right guy, man, because at first I thought you were going to go uh, go down the path of, you know, he, he was told no, 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 until finally he was told yes. Exactly. They wanted someone like, um, they wanted someone like, uh, oh, I can't remember, Peter Fonda or or or, or one of the, the young Fonda to play him or, or um, oh gosh, I can't remember. Well, they wanted, he brought the script to people and some yeah. of them said, we'll do the movie, but we'll use someone other than you right, as right. the lead actor. And That's he right. wouldn't give in. He nope. stuck to his guns. And yes. some people could be called stubborn for that. Others could be called determined. Yes. And I'd like to mention here, and it's something that I mentioned in my book, I have a piece called Path to a Dream. I also yes. have something called Dream Diary. So I'd like mm -hmm. to talk about dreams because that all ties into what you're talking about. And there's different kinds of dreams, in my opinion. There's the kind of dream where all your life you want to be a doctor or all your right. life you want to be a superstar football player or a major yes. star actor. Or there's incremental dreams where you say, you know, I'd like to accomplish this much. I'd like to get on one show. I'd like to be with Aubrey on the road to rediscovery one day. So and that will lead me to something else. So yes. that was how my life went. I never had the aspiration to fame and fortune. I just had these little goals and dreams that got me one more step towards what I might want to do. I never thought I'd be a game show host, but right. things kind of conspired. I was an entertainer. I had worked for the Guinness Book of Records. Someone read my biography and they put it together and asked me if I could do a game show for them. Mm -hmm. So I said, why not? Because I was always in the business of saying yes to things. Yes. And that yes, leads yes. to the nine pillars, once again, of creativity. Yes, One of yes. them is openness, the openness to new things, to change, to listen to others, and to adapt to situations. So those kind of things and those kind of characteristics really set me up. And out of that, I ended up doing one game show. It was a big hit. And all of a sudden, people were calling to book me as a game show host. And I had to scratch my head and say, boy, this is unusual. What do right. I do now? And yeah. then people would say, when I'd ask a question and they didn't know the answer, they would say, wait, wait, don't tell me. Give me a hint. So I started making up hints because I'm a trained improvisational actor. Right, right. And those hints became such a hit 
that I named my game show the Gimme Hint Trivia Game Show. So what I'm trying to show is not to brag on how things happen for me, but to show how things can evolve when you take them one step at a time. Incremental dreams can be just as powerful as big dreams. Man, I, I love that. I love that. And, and, and it has just as much importance, right, as, as the big dreams. Uh, it all plays a part. Um, so it's fair to say then that, you know, seminars like the Nine Pillars of Creativity, the Art of Presentation and Breakthrough Thinking, um, a, a lot of that uh, is, is, is applied lessons from earlier in your career? Absolutely. In fact, my whole book, Younger and Wiser, is 40 years of my writing. The way this book got written, it started back 40 years ago when I first started writing down my inner thoughts and yes, my yes. inner world. And for 40 years, it was on cocktail napkins, hotel stationery, grocery bags. Whenever I got an inspiration, I would write something. And then I would put it in. I had this really old, nice leather briefcase. And I would just throw those things in there. And then yeah. as I got older, I started to say to myself, you know, I really would like to do something with all this. So yeah. once again, it all evolved over time. And then when I started reading them, I realized, wow, I was in a really unusual place at that time. So I started writing <laughs> backstories for the pieces. So yeah. my book, Younger and Wiser, not only has the thoughts and the lessons learned from life, but then it has what the situation was I was in at the time I wrote it and what inspired me. I see. I see. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Bits and pieces of, of, of thoughts, epiphanies, revelations, or ideas, right? Just written exactly. on, on, on napkins and, and stationery thrown into a bag. And then this is- A lot of them, a lot of them had, still had cocktail sauce on them. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> uh, so check this out, Gene. I want to ask you one other question, and then I'd love to go into talking about the uh, the sound healing, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, awesome. So uh, this is something that I have wondered for a lot of years. Um, I, I have very, very, very light background in voiceover, uh, being an on-camera talent for... Um, you know, just print work and commercials, local, nothing big. Um, so, but I've had that taste for it and I've had like, you know, uh, uh, exposure to it and it's exciting, you know? And then I think about the writers. And so now I finally have someone who can, who can unequivocally tell me if there's a, if there's a correlation to this. So here's what I'm getting at. You've spent decades in speech writing and creative writing. And I've had this question in my head for some time. And I've noticed in my years of watching, let's say, SNL, where you have former cast members like Tina Fey, Seth Marsh, and, and even Conan O'Brien, right? Um, they were writers. They were writers. But in some way, you know, they were able to transfer those skills and transcend, you know, to stage and to skits, um, you know, hosting talk shows. Uh, they both require creativity, you know, but one is kind of like pen to paper and the other is theatrical execution, at least in my view. Um, how has writing helped you in that transition or had it, had it played a part in that transition of performing and hosting? Well, the interesting thing to me, and it actually could be a good intro into talking about sound healing, which I know you want to talk about. I found that for me, the word was balance. 
-hmm. And that's what you want in sound healing, which we'll get to resonance, harmony, balance, homeostasis, all those words that, that imply balance, say, in the body as well as in the mind. And for me, one thing leads to another. So a lot of those people you're talking about were improvisational comedy people. Okay. And a lot of the great lines that they came up with were actually improvised during rehearsals and then became part of the script. Mm. And at the same time, there was a lot of writing that went into it as well. But yeah. that, that's a balance. Even in movies, when you see a movie, the finished product seems like, wow, they read the script. Well, there was a script to start with. But then as things were being filmed and, and situations evolved and grew, a lot of times an actor would come up with an idea for a line, they would change the script. So you have to be once again, open, flexible, all things that are part of my pillars. Uh, flexibility is a big thing. You have to be curious. Yes. So if you start bringing in all of those characteristics and blend them, mm -hmm. and that's why I said balance or blending, then you end up with a really great script. Anyone that thinks that the first take is the one that ends up being on the screen is usually mistaken, except if it's a totally live improvised show, right. like uh, whose line is it anywhere, where right. they would actually improvise right in front of you, which to me is a form of genius. Yes, I agree. But I, as I far agree. as as far as, you know, doing what you're talking about, I think it's important to have relatability. Some people have a natural way of coming across right. on the screen, which is a big help. And then definitely having good writing is is very important. But many times, with the people I wrote for, I actually ended up coaching them because when I gave them the script, they were incapable initially of delivering the script gotcha. in the way it was written. So gotcha. if I gave them a joke in the script, but they couldn't tell a joke, it wouldn't work. And right, so right. we would rehearse and sometimes we did it on, on Zoom type ways on the computer. Other mm -hmm. times I was actually once flown all the way down to Palm Beach to help a fellow do a presentation to a, a rather large crowd. And uh, he would bring me in every, every, every break he had in the convention he was at for an hour of rehearsal. And I would literally go over word for word with inflection points and all the different things. And the interesting thing for me was I learned how many little things go into my presentations that I never even thought about. Sometimes mm -hmm. you do them naturally if you're born to do this. But then when you start to break it down for other people, you realize I wasn't just doing something kind of freely, I was really, I had an underlying science to what I was doing. Yeah, a method to the madness, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. my phrase for that is spontaneity is a profound discipline. Spontaneity is a profound discipline. Because you rehearse, you yeah. practice to yeah. become yeah. better at being spontaneous. Love I was that. trained in Commedia dell'arte and some of the things we had to do had nothing to do with entertainment. One of the things I had to do was stick my hand in the mouth of a baby bull. Really? Yep. Baby bull. But that was all part of my training with this comedian genius. He taught people how to be funny, not just yeah, how yeah. to deliver a funny line, but how to be funny. We had to stand on one leg with a blanket over our heads until we got the audience to laugh. <laughs> Is that there right? There were all kinds of tests like that that you would say, he must have been crazy, but it changed us from within. So we became more organically improvisational, improvisational and humorous and funny and able to convey that to other people from the inside. And it's authentic. For That's sure. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Gene, you have provided some tremendous insight when it, 
at least eye-opening to me uh, when you talk about uh, sometimes there's needed coaching between the writer and the deliverer, right? Absolutely. Uh, to make, yeah, to make sure that it's delivered in such a way that was intended when it was written, right? And then on the writer's side, you have to write for the voice of the person you're writing for. Yes. So that's where it starts. And then you have to help that person be who they are. Because sometimes when people get in front of an audience, they yeah, forget yeah. who they are. They yeah. can actually lose their own identity out of fear. Oh, sure, sure. So you, you, so if it starts there, that's where the writer actually initiates the cohesiveness between the two. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Awesome, awesome. All right, so uh, when we talked a week ago, you shared with me, which I still think to this day is just an amazing story in how you got involved in sound healing with the Tibetan bowls. But for the benefit of our listeners, if you could just share that story again, man, I find it fascinating. I really do. Well, I'll say it really was the beginning of my spiritual journey, which started in 1995. And I was driving to do a show when out of nowhere, a car T-boned my car and I'm driving a big Suburban and it totaled my Suburban, knocked me off the road completely. And I actually was able to walk away from it but they told me when I, they did take me to the hospital, they said, you know, you might feel a little bit stiff tomorrow. Mm. And I said, thank you very much. And I went home and they gave me some Tylenol or pain, Advil's uh, in case I needed them. And I was kind of shaky, but I wasn't in a lot of pain. But the next day I woke up and I could not move. Mm. And um, that went on for quite some time. And I went to a number of doctors, physical therapists, orthopedic surgeons, Nobody could figure out what to do to stop the pain and the disability that I had because my neck was stiff. I was wearing a neck brace. Mm -hmm. um, I had MRIs. They found herniated discs, mm -hmm. but it was no treatment that worked. And also it was starting to become restrictive on my breathing because I couldn't get a full breath. And I just started looking around and that's when I discovered alternative medicine, which I was never familiar with. And I went out to Tucson, Arizona to a healing program for a week. And one of the practitioners there immediately identified my problem and got me on the road to recovery. So you're the road to rediscovery. That was my <laughs> road to recovery. I hear you. <laughs> now, after that week, and the amazing thing is the breathing problem I had turned out to be restrictive fascia in my chest, muscle and, and cartilage and things that were restricting my lungs from expanding. And in two sessions with special pressure massage, they were able to free up my chest and I never had that problem again. So it was like miraculous to me. And when I came back to New York, which is where I was living at the time, I started, whenever I was downtown in Manhattan, I would go into Tibetan stores and I didn't know why. And I would look around the Tibetan store trying to figure out why I was there. And I would see a bowl. And I, for some reason, the bowls interested me. And I would ask, what do you do with the bowls? Because I was thinking maybe I should buy one. And I never could get a straight answer because they were the people who were kind of protective of what they did with the bowl that they really did with the bowl. They would say, well, we put food in it or something. And <laughs> I somehow knew there was more to it. Yeah, and then yeah. one day on the Upper West Side of Manhattan in a basement, in a little store with hundreds of bowls on cushions, this, this woman, from Nepal started playing the bowls for me and humming and toning and telling me, when I get to the right bowl, you will know it. 
And so I just stood there and hummed with her for about an hour till she hit a ball and I just went, oh my God. And I could feel my whole body just resonating with this ball. She said, this is your ball, take it home. So I bought the ball, took it home and I would play with it. And she told me to tone with it, which means try and get the resonating frequency with your voice to the ball. Okay. And I did that and not much was happening. And then one day I'm laying on the floor watching TV, my shoulder's still hurting. So I put the ball on my shoulder and hit it with a, they give you a little mallet to hit it with and all the pain in my shoulder went away. So I was shocked. I looked at the ball, I looked at my shoulder, I hit it again, all the pain went away. It would come back when the ball would stop vibrating. But I realized the vibration of the ball was getting rid of the pain in my shoulder. Mm. And that was the beginning of my, my journey into sound healing. Man, that's awesome. That is, that is awesome. I, I love how that story just comes together. And, and, you know, sometimes it's just, I hate to say this, but sometimes it's, it's an unfortunate event, like getting T-boned to where, you know, uh, so much more is revealed on the other side of that, right? Well, you'll find almost all the spiritual people, Wayne Dyer, Dan Millman, mm-hmm. um, all these people, they all had some event in their life that changed the direction of their life. A traumatic incident of some kind, some kind of a physical setback. These things are just, you can never predict when they'll happen or what they will do to you. But pain can be a teacher as well as something that takes you down. And it's all a matter of your response to pain and trauma, how you come out of it. And for me, um, it was amazing because this journey not only led me to sound healing. It eventually led me to meet my wife Mm. and uh, changed my whole life. And what happened with the ball, just to follow up, I went back to the woman in the little store and I told her my story and she said, oh, good. And now I teach you more. And she started teaching me all about how the Tibetans use the Tibetan balls for spiritual practice and ritual and taught me mantras and all these things to the point where she want, then told me, now you teach. And I said, well, I can't teach. You taught me everything. Why don't you teach? She said, my English not good. You teach here. I get people. So I said, okay. And I started teaching little workshops in her little store in the midst of all the balls. And it got so popular that I had to start renting studios. And I ended up on the baby channel, working with pregnant mothers to help them with their pregnancies. I ended up doing concerts at the United Nations for feng shui concerts. Yeah, yeah. So it led me to this whole interesting uh, kind of career, second career, where I developed a protocol um, that I call the Tools for Transformation. And I use sound as a transformational tool. Man, that is huge. Beautiful, beautiful, man. The the spiritual leg of your journey, right? Uh, Oh, man, that is fantastic. And uh, I mean, you have probably impacted countless lives of those who have attended your workshops or come to your concerts, you know, that, that there's got to be at least some part of that instruction or performance that has resonated with, with any and all listeners, right, um, that, that we may or may not be aware of as you know the concert's over and they go down their path you go your way they go their way or say the class is over of whatever instruction you were given you go your way they go their way and 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 there's there's 
I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of lives transformed through that sound. I like to hope so. I, I just yeah. hope that I'm a ripple in the pond, as they would say. Yes. Um, yes. Once in a while, I do hear from people, and mm. it's great to hear that because of something I taught them that their career blossomed or yeah. they accomplished something. One time, I even coached a golfer on with sound healing on yeah. how to play better in tournaments, wow. and it worked. So uh, that was really a surprise to me. It was it was great. Great to know. Man, man, that is sweet. Have you ever combined the two? You know, like let's say you're given a nine pillars of creativity seminar uh, where you incorporate Tibetan bowls or you pretty much kept some separation there? They tend to work separately, but I use the okay. principles of each in each. They kind of overlap in principles. I and see. really what I've done now is I've cut back my schedule, especially due to the pandemic, because yeah. I feel like this is really a time for positive messaging. And I've really dedicated my life to trying to help people. That's why I decided to come out with the book, Younger and Wiser at this time, yes. and the nine pillars, because I want to help try to give people tools to cope with the stressful times we're in. Nice, nice. So, so Gene, uh, how can the listeners learn more about you, connect with you, and maybe even pick up a copy of your book? Well, it is on Amazon, and they can always go to dreamquestpublishing.com. That's the name of my publisher. Gotcha. And then I do have a website if they want to find out more about my game show. It's gimmeahint.com. But uh, for the purposes of spiritual growth and helping people develop, um, I would definitely recommend going to dreamquestpublishing.com. Dreamquestpublishing.com. And they can that get in touch is, with me through the website as well. Okay, fantastic. That's great. I'm going to make sure and have uh, direct links to the website, uh, as well as, you know, how to access the book um, in the episode show notes for the listeners. They can click directly off the show notes to get to the website. We'll make sure and have all of that included uh, to get connected with Eugene. Great. All right. It was a pleasure being here. Oh, man, it was a pleasure having you. And you know what? We're going to kick into another side of, of, of this fun conversation by uh, going into a segment I like to call Three for the Road. In Three for the Road, I um, ask my guests three random yet thought-provoking questions that I challenge them to answer in five words or less. So what do you say? You think you'll be up for it? Yeah. Well, it sounds like I'll become a shortstop and you're going to hit ground balls. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I've heard a lot of other like analogies in reference to my three for the road segment. That's the first time I've heard the reference to uh, sports for this analogy. I'm digging it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be hitting these grounders, man, for sure. They're going to okay. hop five times before you ground it or field it. All right. So, okay. So these are three for the road. Uh, they are always customized to my guests. So I don't ask the uh, multiple guests uh, the same question. Okay. Also, if you go beyond five words because you've hit a certain groove in sharing something profound, I just let you go, man. You know, you know let, let it flow. Let it flow. All right. So three for the road. Question number one. Question number one for Gene. If you can create a game show that's completely about the year 2020, what would it be called? The challenge. The challenge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that because says it all, is, right? This is probably the most challenging year any of us have ever faced. I agree. I agree. And those two words simply says it all. Man, that's awesome. All right. Question number two. If you could set a Guinness Book World Record, 
what would it be? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, helping the most people. Helping the most people. Gotcha. Doing the most good. Doing the most good. And it's 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 that it's that positivity campaign uh, and 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 mission that you're working on now. You know, um, spreading that out. That is. Uh, uh, whether it hits the Guinness book or not, man, it's to be commended for your efforts and spreading positivity. So thank you. All right. Fill in the blank. <laughs> Number three, fill in the blank. The energy I have to present and entertain comes from. Oh, comes from the heart. Absolutely. Comes from the heart. Well, it's said. the, it's the desire to, uh, to make other people happy. Nice, nice. Well said, well said. Awesome. Well, Gene, man, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's, it's been great having you, man. It was great being here. Awesome. And like I said, for all the listeners, we are going to leave direct links to uh, the publishing website uh, and get in contact with Gene as, as well as uh, other social mediums, gimmeahit.com give me a hint.com. Sorry. And uh, we'll have all those direct links in the episode show notes. And, uh, you know, as you know, on the road to rediscovery, we want to let others know who are going through dark times, two things. Number one, you're not alone. And number two, there's always hope right around the corner and caring people who have your welfare um, as a best interest. So if you know anyone in your family, friends or neighbors, who you feel can benefit from this show's message, this show's purpose, I humbly ask that you please, uh, please share it with them. If you'd like to join the mailing list to get upcoming uh, heads up notifications on who the upcoming guests are before the episode's release, Subscribe by visiting roadsrediscovery.com. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com. We're all roadies on this journey of life, and it sure feels good having you on the journey with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon.